Well, everyone, welcome to Carving a New Path. My name is Andrea Hyland. I am the founder of Heal My Voice and the host of this show. This podcast is filled with stories and tools and resources to help you pause and reflect on the life you are living while opening to new possibilities. Most of us were raised in a society that encourages productivity and do, do, do. And it isn't until a life circumstance like a job layoff or an illness or the birth or death of a loved one, something that disrupts your daily routine that you slow down to pause and reflect on your life. And in the stillness of slowing down, you have an opportunity to carve a new path. Well, 2020 has created a global disruption with COVID-19 and the spotlight on racial injustice, which is calling us to pause and reflect, make changes and heal. Today's show is called Talk, Theory of Communication, Awareness, Listening and Knowledge with Coach Claudette. And before we begin this conversation, I wanna read a short bio about Coach Claudette. After more than 25 years working in private, public and government entities, nationally and internationally, Claudette Gadsden understands how change and transition can impact someone's life. During that time and through those years, she used her coaching skills to help people navigate through the maze of life to realize their dreams, visions, and aspirations. Claudette decided to follow her passion of helping people realize their purpose, dreams, and goals by becoming a life and business coach. Her direct yet caring approach makes it easy for her clients to learn new skills, identify barriers, and take action. She takes pleasure in reminding people just how awesome they really are. She is Coach Claudette, the conversation coach who wears Converse. I love that description. And Coach Claudette, Claudette, I, I really love how your tagline also is, every conversation starts with inner dialogue. What are you saying to yourself? So welcome. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you so much. It is so good to be here with you. I, I, I've always loved our conversations over the years. And I was actually looking back through some notes I had from years ago where you and I, you gave me a ride. It was back in 2011. And mm -hmm. I had forgotten this, but I, I, I think it was a um, Jenny Robertson was having um, some sort of like celebration of something and I was mm -hmm. I'm in Baltimore and didn't have a car and you offered to give me a ride and I enjoy I remember enjoying our conversation yes. and it's funny over the years mm -hmm. but I want to start by saying congratulations for being in the spotlight in the on purpose woman global community and uh yeah, so congratulations, first of all. It's, you know, anything. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, it's, it was really nice to read. I know that Jenny Robertson sent you some questions 
and you went through and answered the mm -hmm. question. It was really great to just take a moment to see where you are, what's important to you right now, what is your focus? And, mm -hmm. and I really thought for this show that why don't we start with this question that you answered. So Jenny had asked you to write why you started your business. And then you said, I started the business because I was laid off and decided that I needed more control of my income and my time. And boy, is that re relatable right now to what many people are going yes. through, you know, or that they fear, right? Yes. The, the layoff. And mm -hmm. so if you could just talk with us about how, you know, what was happening during that time. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to sit and listen. Okay. All right. So, so what was really interesting, like that was just that whole period of my life was just interesting. It was about simply letting go. Um, that's what I realized later on. So <clears throat> I worked for this company. I'd been working for them for many years, loved my job. My bosses loved me. And one day I'm an early bird. So I used to actually start at 5.30. I created my own schedule to start at 5.30. Um, and so one morning my boss came in and I knew that they were doing um, layoffs, so they call them reduction in forces. And my boss showed up about mm, 6.30 in the morning. I said, uh-oh, it must be my time. And she said, can you walk with me? Sure. So I go walk with her and um, her eyes are all bloodshot um, because she said she had been crying for two days because she was determined that my name would not be on the list, but her boss overrode her and said that my name would be on the list. And she said, I feel so bad. And I can remember saying to her, please don't feel bad for me because this gives me the opportunity to do so much more with my life. So don't feel bad for me. I'm good, you know? And so she said, okay, well, I still feel bad and I'm so sorry. Is there anything that I can do for you? And I said, is that a serious question? And she said, yes. And I said, you can take me to breakfast because I'm hungry. I, I forgot to eat this morning. And she looked at me and she's like, really? And I said, yes, really. I did not have breakfast this morning and I'm hungry. I love it. <laughs> she says, okay, go get your purse. Let's go have breakfast. So I grabbed my bag and we went and had breakfast. And um, so she says, so what are you going to do with yourself? And I said, you know what? I'm going to do whatever the hell I want to do at this point. <laughs> That's what I'm going to do. <laughs> I love it. So, so in that moment, as so then I was supposed to meet my brother for lunch mm -hmm. and I called him up and I said, okay, well, I'm not going to meet you at the restaurant. Tell me what you want and I'll bring it over and I'll come to your house. So I went to his house and he's like, what are you doing here? I said, oh, I just got laid off. So I get to hang out with you a lot now. <laughs> oh my God. That was such an amazing experience once I 
Like I knew when she came in what she was going to say to me. And so I could have been totally blown out of shape. I could have been crying and hysterical, but it would not have changed anything. It wouldn't have changed anything at all. So the best thing that I could do for me was to move on. Let's, let's, let's get going, you know, because I can't sit here and wallow. And I can remember before I left, there were people that were coming over to my desk to say, oh, I'm so sorry. And I said, stop, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't be sorry for me. Okay. And don't, and, and I appreciate, I sincerely appreciate your thoughts and your concerns but I don't need that sadness in my life. You know, I don't need you to come over here feeling bad. And then, then all of a sudden I'm feeling bad because you're feeling bad when in reality, I don't feel bad at all. You know, <laughs> I feel fine. So, <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah. So, yeah. So my, my team were like, well, we just want to mm -mm. don't, 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 you know, because what I know is that when someone else is crying, then we cry. Mm -hmm. If someone else is sad, then we're sad. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't sad. And I wanted them to take that versus me taking on their sadness. Mm -hmm. So anyway, so I left this, I left this job and I had no idea what I was going to do. And I had, um, I had, uh, had a friend who I had dated and then we weren't dating. And, and so we would still talk regularly. And he had just bought a cabin in the mountains. And he says, well, why don't you come and hang out here for the weekend and figure out what you want to do with the rest of your life? And I said, okay, cool. I'll do that. So I went up to his cabin in the mountains and we just sat there and talked and, you know, <laughs> I need to back up a little bit. Okay. <laughs> okay. So about three months before I got laid off, I decided my amethyst is my birthstone. And so I decided that I wanted an amethyst stone, but I didn't know what I was going to do with it. So I just wanted the stone. Mm -hmm. So I bought the stone and we did the 90 days, same as cash. Well, I got laid off on like the 60th day. So mm -hmm. I returned it. Uh -huh. So now I'll go back. So, so we go, so I'm at the cabin for the weekend with him and he says, and I decide in that moment that I'm going to go, I'm going to become a life coach. And I started researching and found the school where I was going to go. And, you know, we did all that. And then he says to me, so do you still have that stone that you bought? And I said, stone, what stone? And he said, the amethyst stone. I said, listen, I just lost my job. I took that stone back. <laughs> he said, he says, well, do you think you could get it back again? And I said, why? And he says, well, I thought we would use it to put it in your wedding rings. What wedding rings? <laughs> like, what are you asking me to marry? You? <laughs> and he said, yes. And I said, well, I don't have a job. I don't know what I'm going to do with my life. He says, yes, but you have more time to spend with me. Because in my job, I traveled a lot. Okay. And so he says, okay, so, so now you have more time to spend with me. And so I said, yes. Mm -hmm. And so we got married and we traveled for the first two years. So I had lots of time 
you know, to spend with him. So that was absolutely phenomenal. And if I was not laid off from that job, I would not possibly have gotten married. Because like he said, I didn't have time when I was working because I was traveling all the time. Mm -hmm. So like everything happens, I feel just as it's supposed to. And whatever happens today is preparing us for tomorrow or next week or, you know, next year. Like I like to go back in time. One of my intentions is to see the perfection in every situation sooner rather than later. And mm -hmm. so what I like to do is I like to go back in time and think about how things fit together. Mm -hmm. And so when I talk about going back in time about how things fit together, I go back to my parents and I say, you know, if my father was not on the football team and my mother was not a greeter, then I wouldn't be here. Like, if I look at, if I was not laid off from this job, I would not have gotten married. I would not have had the space and the freedom to travel for two years straight. Um, like, so sometimes we get caught up in things that happen in our minds to us when I believe that they are happening through us. Mm. We just have to surrender and say, this is where I'm supposed to go. And so I am not going to, I'm going to go back to, um, to uh, OJ Simpson. If it doesn't fit, don't force it. Mm. Like we spend a lot of time trying to force things to be the way we think they should be. When in reality, sometimes if we just, you said earlier, we've been programmed and taught to do and do and do if we can just sit back and be then in that time of silence and in being then we are better able to recognize how perfectly things are fitting together now it seems like i've been going on and on and on forever <laughs> i just want to take i just want to take a breath on that and you know, and um, your story, your life has been this orchestrated flow of that ends and this comes in and that idea. And, and, and so there are two things. I mean, one, I would love to have you tell us about Temple in the Woods because that is one of the other things that that came in and I, I remember when that was happening um because we've both been in on purpose woman that was one of the places where we connected mm -hmm. and, and it was like oh this is so cool to see mm -hmm. how this is unfolding and then and then let's talk about talk because you have you have an attitude of okay this is perfect I don't know how, what's unfolding here, but it, it's perfect. And so, and I do believe that that comes from the, the inner dialogue, the having mm -hmm. that, mm -hmm. whether you call it a cultivated field of, you know, information in your head. Mm -hmm. But um, so tell us about Temple in the Woods, because that was one of the 
un unfolding also in your life. Okay. So, so with, with Temple in the Woods, I had this idea about 30 years ago. And I shared it with one of my uncles. And I don't know where this idea came from in my head. It just showed up one day and I said, oh, I want to have a bed and breakfast. And I shared this with my uncle. And so his job, without me giving it to him, he just took it on himself that he would remind me every few years by simply asking, so how is that bed and breakfast coming? Mm -hmm. And I'd say, oh, it's still a thought, uncle, but it's coming. <laughs> and every few years, he would ask me that question. And so I decided that I didn't want to be in the city because I wanted people to get away, to relax, to just enjoy some peace and quiet. And so I bought the land first. And he was the first person I called. I said, uncle, I bought the land for the bed and breakfast. <laughs> he said, okay, where is the bed and breakfast? <laughs> and I said... It's, it's coming. It's coming. I have the land. It's coming. He says, okay, call me when you get the bed and breakfast. <laughs> and so that's how I got the bed and breakfast. You know? um, and so, yeah, so I have five and a half acres in Essex County, Virginia, and it's a small, quaint bed and breakfast. I have two guest rooms. And that is intentional because I want to be able to serve my guests. If I had five or 10 guest rooms, then I'd have to have higher staff and they wouldn't get that personal attention. And that was important to me because I enjoy cooking and I'm a darn good cook. Mm -hmm. um, <laughs> and, you know, so, and my specialty is, is shrimp and grits. And so I want to do that for my guests and I absolutely love it here. And so my tagline for Temple in the Woods is a place to nourish your soul. Mm. Oh, once again, I'm just going to feel that energy. That is, that's so beautiful. So I want to, um, first, I want to just say to the listeners, if you can really focus in on the, the elements of these different stories that Claudette has shared with you, first of all, there's the moment by moment, like things unfolding in real time of like, where you're not waiting years and years and years. So there's this, okay, I'm laid off or re reduction in force, whatever words anyone mm -hmm. would use mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. And then it's like, okay, I need to eat. Uh, I'll do that. I have breakfast. Okay, now there's lunch. And then yes, I'll go and mm -hmm. talk with my friend and, and it's like things were happening, I'll just say pretty quickly, you know, one right after the other, like, okay, mm -hmm. there's the next step, there is the next mm -hmm. step. And then there's the, mm -hmm. the inspiration or the desire of something, some idea that comes to you. And it's, it unfolds over years. It unfolds sometimes over decades. Mm -hmm. and, and not giving up mm -hmm. on what that is when it feels true to you like yes there's going to be something that that is the essence of this there is something that is going to come into form 
and then knowing, okay, I have money for land. I'll find the land. I'll go do that. And so mm -hmm. there are things that unfold over, like I said, decades. And I, I just think that's a great, that's an important thing for people to understand that there's, there are these immediate things like, okay, I'm going to need a job. Uh, I'm going to be in mm -hmm. conversations with people. I'm going to be listening for what it is. I'll take action. And then, um, and then there's other things where you're, you're holding that, that desire, that dream. But I want to move to talk and theory of communication, awareness, listening, and knowledge. And first, I want to say that I, I always love to see what you're doing, that you don't always know that I'm like looking or right. I wonder what she's doing, you know, like maybe I'd see you in a meeting. And I just kind of follow you. And you were, you had offered for a group to come and you were going to do a series of videos. And I was like, yeah, I'm going to come do that. Little did I know how much I would really need it in that moment because I had been, um, I had, let's just say since 1985, I have been actively healing and understanding my relationship in my family. And sometimes it's about healing myself and knowing that I just need to go off and do my thing and not have contact as much with my family. And then there are other times mm -hmm. where um, there's more contact, but I had set up a couple of boundaries a few years ago to have less contact with, with my family. And, um, and then COVID hit and I had a Zoom account and I somehow decided, you know what? I think I'm just gonna use this as an opportunity to do some more healing to understand the family patterns or whatever. And for five months, I was on a call almost every Saturday. And I started to what I would call relapse. Like the two, the, mm -hmm. the boundaries I had, had dissolved. The, I, I was back into some old patterns that are not healthy for me with my family. And so here you offered this and it was just what I needed like to, what is going on in my head? And, and I've now changed things mm -hmm. where it's like once every six weeks we're doing a Zoom call and that's much better for me. Yeah. Mm. I mean, mm -hmm. I'm fine telling my story, but it's not about my story today. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, but you know, but the thing is, it, 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 it's all interwoven in the talk because you know, when most people think about that, when we learn about the theory of communication, what we learn is how to communicate with other people. And so <clears throat> what you learned during that process of Zoom was you were reminded of why you set boundaries in place in the first, from the beginning. You yeah. know, you set these boundaries in place because you knew. <laughs> right, right. That, you know... <laughs> <laughs> right? Yep. And so, so when I talk about theory of, <laughs> go ahead, I'm sorry. No, 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 you're fine. We've just, for some reason, we've got a little bit okay. of a delay. So, yeah. Okay. So, so when I talk about theory of communication, because it's about the, the sender and the receiver and the message, 
When I talk about theory of communication, I talk about the sender and receiver in your head. When you are, what messages are you sending to yourself and where did these messages originate and how are they serving you today? Because if you have a message from, let's say, your great aunt Sue, who has been telling you all your life that you are nothing, you're never going to be anything, and you're just a disaster. Mm -hmm. So when you get ready to do something and you have Aunt Sue playing her recording in your head, that is the message that you are receiving. Mm -hmm. She is the sender and you think that you're talking to yourself, but no, you're replaying Aunt Sue's recordings in your head. So it's Aunt Sue talking to you <laughs> and look at that message that Aunt Sue is sending to you. And how is that resonating with you in this moment? Because for me, the theory of communication is about the sender, the receiver, and how you feel about the message more than the message itself. How do you feel about that message? Because I don't care what you say or how you say it. What I care about is how I feel about what you say. And so if I'm not feeling good about Aunt Sue's recording playing in my head, why do I keep playing Aunt Sue's recording in my head? Like, and sometimes, you know, we want to say, you know, some people may say, oh, Aunt Sue, stop. I don't want to hear that anymore. And then you may have to talk a little more sternly. Like, oh, you mean old lady? I don't want to hear that. That's not who I am. Like, if that's what you need to do is that if you need to speak to Aunt Sue, the way that you have never been able to speak to her in your life, speak to her that way when those recordings play in your head. Because as you said, when you got into these Zoom calls on a weekly basis with your family, you started to feel it didn't, wasn't feeling so good as it was feeling at the beginning when you started this. And so when you were able to recognize that this is not feeling good, then it's up to you to make a change. And so how do you make that change? You make that change by recognizing that your thoughts control your emotions and your emotions control your actions. So if you are thinking about Aunt Sue and how she made you feel like mess <clears throat> and you are feeling the effects of those words, that recording that's playing in your head, then you are not going to move forward or you're going to move forward in a way that does not serve you. Because all you're hearing is this recording telling you that you're not good enough, mm -hmm. telling you that you're, you're too big for your britches, telling you whatever it is that is no longer serving you. So that's the, that's the talk part, the theory of communication and how I relate that to the internal dialogue. Because as the conversation coach, my coaching is not about anyone except the client sitting in front of me. I don't care about what your mother said to you or what your father said to you, except to know what conversations we need to change. That's all. 
we don't, I don't spend a lot of time talking about what's happening outside of you because I want to focus on my clients and I want them to focus on themselves. I want them to focus on the voices that they're hearing, the, the messages that they're receiving and how they're actually responding um, <clears throat> to these messages that they're, that they're receiving. And that leads into awareness, being aware of your feelings and being aware of how they impact you. Um, I was having a conversation with someone the other day. I was in a meeting on Zoom and something happened during the meeting and one of the participants became frustrated and her frustration colored the rest of the meeting. And so after the meeting was over, I walked up to her because we were in it, we were in a building, but we were just in separate spaces on the call. And I walked up to her and I said, you know, you were really frustrated and it showed throughout the call. And she said, what? I don't know what you're talking about. I said, okay, this is what happened. And you instantly got frustrated. And so when you got frustrated about this situation, you didn't really hear the rest of what was happening because you were still frustrated from this situation. And she just looked at me and was like, wow, thank you so much for sharing that because you are absolutely right. Whatever else came out of their mouth was so uninteresting to me because I was still frustrated about why they did that. And I said, I know. I said, so I just want you to be aware of that when you have another conversation where there's some frustration at the beginning so that you don't carry it through the entire um, conversation. And so we want to be aware of how we're feeling. Um, we want to be aware of something like, as an example, you are going to meet with someone or you're going to meet with them, however you're going to meet with them, virtually, in person, it doesn't matter. But the closer it gets to your meeting time, the more angst you feel or unease that you feel in your body. Mm -hmm. And so if you are feeling that before the meeting, then ask yourself, why? Why am I feeling this? And if I'm feeling this before I meet with them, why would I go meet with them? Yes. We have to take responsibility for our actions and for our feelings mm -hmm. because no one else knows how we feel but us. We can tell them, but they'll still never understand. So we have to be responsible. We have to say, I don't like how this is feeling right now. So let me think about why I'm feeling this way and fix it so that I don't feel this way again. Like we have to be aware of that. And then there's the listening part. Who are we listening to? Ourselves. Didn't we just talk about awareness? <laughs> we are listening to ourselves. Yes. And when, and when, yeah, you know, and so when we, when we listen to ourselves, we listen with our whole being, with our whole being. So what that means for me is I'm listening to the messages that I'm receiving. I'm listening to the messages that I'm giving myself. And I am listening to my body to see how those messages impact me. 
how does I, how does my body feel when someone says this to me? And so how can I, for a moment or even a couple of seconds, sit with that so that I can ask myself, why am I feeling this way? And am I feeling this way because of something that someone said or did to me or because I chose to take offense because of something someone said or did to me? Because I have a role in my feelings. And so what role did I play in this? And listening helps me to better understand my role. Like sometimes we are upset with people and we don't even know why. And I say that because sometimes you're upset with someone. So hypothetically speaking, I could be upset with you because of something that you did that I took offense to, when in reality, I'm upset because what I saw in you is a reflection of me that I don't like. But, but if I am just focused on what's happening outside of me, then I don't take that time to sit with that feeling to understand what my role is in that feeling. And that's where I listen. I listen with my whole being. What is happening here? And why am I feeling this way? And why am I having these thoughts? And, you know, why? And then we have knowledge. Knowledge of self. Because again, it's all about me. It's all about me. <laughs> Nothing that goes on outside of me has any control over me. It's all about me. And so when I have knowledge of myself, when I am aware of the messages that I send and receive to myself, when I'm listening to myself, then all of that gives me better knowledge of myself. And so that helps me to understand why I react the way that I do to certain things or certain people or certain words, you know? Um, and, you know, an example would be raised voices. When I was growing up, I had an aunt that always talked loud and she didn't just talk loud in conversation. She was, it just, I got the feeling that she was always yelling like and berating. And, and so for me now, if someone yells at me, I automatically shut down. And I know that it's because of that experience. And so if I don't have knowledge of myself, then I would not know that it's from that experience as a child more than it is about this experience that's happening right now. Because remember, I started by saying, I like to go back, go all the way back to figure out how these things connect. <laughs> and, that's, and that's a part of that. So, yeah. I, I just, I feel like the way that you've broken it down and how you take people through these, these four steps is, um, is a really powerful way to, 
to, to reflect on some things, to listen to what you're saying to yourself, to understand, gain some knowledge about where this is coming from, what's the history of this. And it, it's a powerful thing to me to repeat it. Um, you know, some of the things that were happening on the Zoom call, I know these things about my family. Like years ago, mm -hmm. I learned that there's a lot of fear in my family because of the way I live my life. So I made a decision seven years ago that I was going to live house free for a year. And I, I just knew it with every cell of my body was this. And, and there, were, there were some reasons I could see why it would be good to do it at that time. But there was also a feeling of trust of, I, I don't know exactly where I'm going, but I just trust that this is what I need to do right now. Well, what I've learned over the years is that I don't necessarily say that to my family that I'm going to live on the road for a year. It's better for me to actually let them know six months or a year down the, the line, because then they can be like, oh, I." it's like the way they process and look at things. It's just like, how are you going to do that? You're, you're not going to have a place to live. You're going to be homeless. You're going to, da -da. you know, and it's like, <laughs> so it brings for me, I mean, when, when you live your life from that kind of intuitive place of, I know this is the next step, even though I don't have all the mm -hmm. answers, you're already mm -hmm. kind of mm -hmm. on edge or, you know, it, it's not necessarily fear for me, but it, it is the, I'm, I'm creating a space of safety for myself to be able to do this. There's mm -hmm. an internal safety. There's an emotional level that I'm holding for myself but I don't have enough there mm -hmm. to hold it for five other people. You know, it's like, no, right. this is what I'm holding, <laughs> you know, this is what I'm holding for myself to be able to do this, to, to get in the zip line and go down the line. There isn't enough here for me to carry you all on my back. So years ago, I, I had this, this thought of, okay, it's like when I'm about to get on the roller coaster, I don't tell them when I'm getting on the roller coaster. I actually tell them when I get off the roller coaster and then they can, then we can share in that way. And this year mm -hmm. there's too many unknowns this year. So being on zoom again in that place of like, well, I'm in the process, I'm seeing what's unfolding. And then it was mm -hmm. like, no, I actually need to separate here. I sent a car, you know, I'll send a monthly card. Hello, thinking of you, love you, stay over there. Cause I'm, I'm in the place of trusting myself, trusting my intuition, trusting spirit. And, and I know that it's all going to unfold in ways that are, that are magical, but yeah. And, and then with the way that you took us through the four steps, I've also noticed that um, I'm living in an Airbnb for four months in LA and having this sacred space to do work through Zoom, but also to have more quiet and listening and, and waiting, trying some mm -hmm. new things and, and everything. But 
something that I've started every day is saying to myself at the end of the day, wow, you did a really great job with that. Or that was, that was a hard right. phone call. Like, good for you. You did it. High five, sister. You know, it's like <laughs> I have these conversations with myself. You know, or I'll put on a piece of music and I'll be like, you get a reward dance, you get a reward dance, you know, (laughs) you know, and so knowing who to have in your life or not have in your life and then how to build the, you know, how to tell Aunt Sue, sorry, you're not part of this conversation. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's important. And I think that, you know, it, it does us good, number one, to celebrate our wins and also to stand in our truth, you know, to say, this is not working for me. Like I was giving a talk one night and the talk was about selfish. Cause I always talk about, I tell my clients about the joys of being selfish and it's a part of self-care and this woman was, had an attitude. <clears throat> like, I don't know who she is talking about being selfish. I got to take care of my mother. And I, and she was just grumbling because she was going to do something for her mother that she really didn't want to do. And so I said to her, I said, you know, I understand responsibilities and I'm not asking you to blow them off. What I am asking you is if you could simply call your mother and say, mom, I'm really not feeling it tonight. Can I come and do this tomorrow? Because here's what I know. If you go over there tonight with the attitude that you've displayed during this meeting, your mother is going to sense that attitude. And, and, and it's almost, it's going to make her feel like you're doing, you're doing this for her when you don't even really want to. So I'm not saying don't serve your mother. I'm simply saying acknowledge the fact that today in this moment, you are not feeling that. And so it's, it's important that we recognize what we're feeling and what we're up for and don't, don't, um, don't bring ourselves harm emotionally, mentally, or physically by serving people when we really simply want to serve ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You are number one, you know, it's, and it's like, there's, <laughs> there's nothing to give to anyone if you don't start with this if you're not mm-hmm. caring for yourself. I've, I've right. loved that message from you over the years hearing you, because mm-hmm. I know you've, you've um, been speaking that for a long time, telling people, own that, claim mm-hmm. that, be mm-hmm. selfish. Know mm-hmm. that, that yeah. you have to be taking care of yourself, number one. Uh, another thing that mm-hmm. I saw on the um, On Purpose Woman spotlight that you were in this week is share a piece of advice that has worked for you. And you said, never let someone's opinion of you become your opinion of yourself. You are a powerful kick-ass woman and don't let anyone tell you otherwise. So I love that. (laughs) Because we do, if if someone tells us that we are not smart enough or not pretty enough or not whatever enough, we take that in. Like, no, that is not who I am. And I refuse to have you put that in my head. That is not who I am. Like, and so we have to um, put up, um, um, 
like a shield around our heart and around our being so that this negativity has no way to come in because like you said, there's so much stuff going on in the world, like, and, and a lot of it is negative. So if we're not protecting ourselves, then all of that gets in there. And then we start to doubt our own being and our own awesomeness. Mm -hmm. I don't want us doing that. Yeah, no, it's good. Well, I have loved this conversation with you. I always love to see what you're bringing into the world and how you're impacting women and um, girls. And I know that you've worked with men also, but you know, my, my passion is to um, these, yes. these women's groups that we're in and women's empowerment. Mm -hmm. So I focus on mm -hmm. that with you because to me, it's like, we begin with ourselves, we begin with women and then mm -hmm. it ripples out into every, to everyone. It helps yes. everyone in the world. Mm -hmm. Is there anything else you want to say before we say so long for now? This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you so much for reaching out to me and thank you for joining my five day experience. Like this has been a joy and I am, I am honored. Thank you. Wonderful. Thank you. Thanks for taking the time to be here. And I'll just say to the listeners that, you know, we record this for audio and video, and I have all of the ways that all these different ways that you can connect with Coach Claudette right in the description on the page. And thanks so much for being here and taking time to think about it for yourself. What is the path? that you are carving? What is the new path that is calling to you? So thank you and bye-bye now.